3: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/recommend today.
4: He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like <laughs> <laughs> you yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on The Fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Sparky's Midday
5: Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM The Fan. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, A.R. Adam Roberts, other side of the glass. Don't forget, Toby Altizer, Fan Afternoon Show comes up today at three o'clock, and he'll take you home until six o'clock uh, this afternoon. So, want to keep it tuned in to Toby Altizer. He'll be on in here in about forty-five minutes uh, or so. Uh, so, got a email from my guy uh, Jimmy Shapiro over at Bet Online, and uh, sends out the NBA win totals. Uh, that gets sent over. Now, in the email, it says, Lakers, Knicks, Utah, Brooklyn, not up due to Kyrie Irving, Durant, Mitchell, Westbrook, et cetera, as far as trades happening or whatever the case may be. So not all teams are up. But I'll tell you what I like looking at. It gives you a good indication of how much these guys think different teams improved throughout the course of the offseason. Now, as I've said it before, I don't really think the Bucks improved, per se, uh, we'll see on Joe Ingles. We'll see how much better he is uh, if when healthy as far as how much he'll add to this team. I think if he's healthy and right, he could add a lot. Uh, but that's a big question mark. And the rest of the roster is pretty much the same. So really not all that excited thinking they're going to make some big jump. But uh, if you look at some of these other teams and uh, what they've done, Boston, we've talked about, they've added Gallinari and Brogdon. Uh, last year, they opened at 46 and a half. This year, they're opening at 53 and a half uh wins uh, this year. So that's that's a, a a sizable jump there. Chicago, they improved by 2. They were at 42 uh, and a half last year. Now they're up to 44. How about the Cleveland Cavaliers? They were at 26 and a half wins last year to open. They are now opening at 43 and a half this year. That is a solid 4 seed. How quickly uh, do things change. The Detroit Pistons, I mean I got to say, I, I'm not a gambling guy, nothing like that. But the numbers on the Pistons seem crazy to me. They, they opened last year 25 and a half. Now this year it's at 27 and a half. I love what they've done this offseason. I really think they've they've done a nice job uh, in Detroit to have the Pistons. Uh, so we'll see if I'm right or wrong on that. The Bucks last year opened at 54 and a half. They finished at 51. So this year they open at 51 and a half. How about the Timberwolves? They add Rudy Gobert to go along with Carl Anthony Towns. How much did that affect them? Last year, they opened up with 33 and a half wins. This year, they'll open up at 48 on the projected win total. That's a sizable jump. Now, now again, you know, they finished last year with 46 when it was all said and done, and the over was the easy win there. But it just tells you and gives you an idea that where the, where the money is coming from right now is really starting to buy into some of these different teams. New Orleans, for instance, Zion Williamson appears will be healthy and be able to play. Last year, 39 and a half. They finished at 36. They end up uh, at 45 wins uh, at the end, uh, uh, as uh, the opening line, I should say, for the upcoming season. And you're probably going, Sparky, man, dude, we just did NBA Summer League. What are we doing odds for? Hey, man, training camp starts in September, folks. I mean, I I know y'all forget this, but middle to end of September, that's when the NBA training camp starts. So... Once you get through with the NFL preseason here in August, next month, which is like next week type deal, or the end of next week or whatever, because Monday is, what, the 25th. Then all of a sudden, boom, NFL's, you know, three weeks in, NBA training camp is underway, and away you go uh, in October with another NBA season. I think if 51 wins was the total for the Milwaukee Bucks last year, I think that's a fair assumption to think that they will be somewhere in the same area this year. The only difference would be they've had plenty of time to rest this year. Plenty of time. The previous year, you play all the way to the championship in a screwed up schedule to begin with. It saw you end in, in July. And then two of your key players head off to go play in the Olympics for even a longer period of time after that. And then, because the NBA wanted to get back to the regular schedule, you're back in a gym at the end of September right away. So that, I believe, worked against the Bucs. We talked about it prior to the beginning of the season last year, that, that, that wearing down and so forth was probably going to work against them and hurt them. So the one area where you can look at and go, I think they'll be better than 51 is because they're going to be a lot fresher. Like at the beginning of this year, they're going to be a lot fresher of a basketball team when the season tips off. Middleton will be there from the start. Giannis, Holiday, all of these guys should be there from the jump. Um, and then away we go. So, and again, the Middleton injury, by the way, with the non-shooting hand thing that came out of the clear blue sky—I don't believe I've talked about this. I—he I, uh, doesn't owe anybody an explanation one way or the other. As far as when that injury happened, did it happen, you know, during the season, and we just waited to have the surgery? Did it happen in the off-season? Something happened, and then he had it. Um, but either way, I'm I fine. Not shooting hand, not a big issue, not a big deal. Uh, You'll be able to play through it. I was just more irritated when it happened by the fact that it happened in general, and we're having a surgery in July with training camp starting in September. But should be good. Should be ready to rock and roll, and go forward. So if I was gonna bet it, which I'm not because I don't bet, um, I think I'd bet the over fifty one. I think I would. I think I would be. I think I would feel comfortable fifty one and a half. Whatever. I, I think I'd be probably more comfortable with the line open last year fifty four and a half knowing now that their start to their season probably will be better than what the start to the season was last year. And that'll be the difference at the end.
2: Yeah. If you are looking at this from a betters perspective, yeah, that first maybe 15 or 20 games, I mean, NBA season's only 82 games long. Those first 15 to 20 will heavily dictate. I think what that final win total will be. They come out of the gate and already they can knock out like 12, 13, 14 wins in their first 20 games. You're looking really good for a bet on fifty-one and a half on the over, if they kind of enter in and it's you know twelve and eight or eleven and nine, close to five hundred through the first quarter of the season. That's eh, going to be a little bit more tricky to get uh, the back half of the season up to fifty-one point five.
4: Yeah,
5: you know that's that's the other thing about it too, right? As far as the games that you rested Giannis in, or the games that you rested some of these guys in, because mm-hmm. you knew what they just went through and how long the season was. You know, will that rest time be the same? Or will they pull back on some of the rest time um, and these guys play a little bit more? And again, if you're Brooke Lopez going into this thing, last year of your contract, unless there's an extension done or something, but last year of your deal, this is a money year. Like, I'm Brooke Lopez. I'm playing 30-plus minutes, and I'm getting my points because your next contract is going to kind of go based off of how you do this year. So for him, he's going to want to play and do his deal, so he's going to want to stay out there. Giannis, I, I think Giannis is fine playing thirty minutes and coming off the court. I, I don't think he has a big issue, and I think I would, I would think I would look at limiting Middleton in the same degree because he's coming off of that injury. So you want to roll him out slowly and build him up through the year. So in the beginning of the year, you know, you you really slow play him, and then by about February, then you start to increase his minutes. Who cares if he gets voted in the All Star game or not because he's not playing a ton. Doesn't matter. It's all about making sure that everybody is healthy and ready to go for the playoffs next year. Because so many people believe if Milton was actually healthy in the playoffs, then they would have beat the Boston Celtics. Now, again, we'll never know that if, if that's true or not. But that is something that everybody believes, and I think that's part of the reason why John Horst decided to run this thing back. Well, if, if we would have been together and he would have been healthy, we would have probably won the whole thing. It's a it's a gamble. But it's, a gamble I think a lot of Bucks fans are comfortable with going forward with, uh, that it'll it'll pay itself off uh, at the end of the day. You think about the Eastern Conference with the Bucs. If the Knicks are to get Donovan Mitchell um, or Durant or whoever they end up with here, they're going to be better, right? I think the Cavaliers um, and the Pistons, they're both going to be better this offseason. Boston has definitely improved this offseason uh, going forward. Toronto, mm, we'll see. We'll see how this whole thing plays out uh, for the Raptors uh, in the East. Miami is pretty much the same team as of right now, but again, they're in on the Durant sweepstakes. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, too. They might be in on Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you may be looking at a situation where in the Eastern Conference, you may have five or six teams because of additions through the draft or free agency that are going to be better basketball teams next year. And the Bucs will be relatively the same unless, like I said, Ingalls can really show up and be the guy that he was prior to the injury a couple of years ago. If he can be a knockdown, deadly three point shooter and be a guy that uh, is a good passer and so forth, yeah, I think he can make a difference. I just am not a big fan of gambling the way they are on a guy recovering from injury, number one. And then number two, it being an older player on top of it, because you know how it goes, man. when you're younger, you're able to bounce back from stuff like that a little bit quicker. You get older, and he's you know, he's mid 30s. You get older and then you're trying to bounce back off of that same injury. Maybe sometimes it doesn't doesn't, you know, come back as quickly maybe for you as maybe it does the guy in their 20s. Now, they do have the benefit obviously of being surrounded with, you know, the best medicine that money can provide and the best rehab people and everything else to get him up to speed quicker than for say you or me coming back from the same injury, but we'll see how this whole thing plays out. I'm just, I'm anxious uh, to see how much better the Eastern Conference is, And I also want to see where Dar- Duran Kyrie on diamond Mitchell end up too at the end of the day.
2: No, I was just thinking about, as you talk about people in their twenties, bouncing back from injuries. I'll just say this. If one of these mornings I take a tumble off a fairway mower, you're going to be getting a call from me. Like, Hey man, I fell off a fairway mower. My arm is bending the wrong way, and it's not going to be bending the right way for a little while.
5: Yeah, and my response would be, you don't need both arms to do your job. You only need
2: one. So that's just right. Come on I push in. the buttons with this arm. Yeah. I talk with my mouth. You'll this one can just be hanging over here.
5: Yeah, you'll be fine. It's totally fine. Now, Typing, some, on the other hand. Right. Now, if mm-hmm. something happens to your voice, right, then that, that, that's different. Then you can't yeah. do your job. I don't think you'd want me coming in sounding like someone from right. The
2: Simpsons. So, well, I
5: mean, right wouldn't bother me necessarily. Yeah, I don't know Gary give it
2: about a segment or two. You'd be like, all right, all right, A.R., you're done.
5: Uh, coming up next, uh, we will hear from the play-by-play voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, the retired play-by-play voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, Ted Davis. He joined us back in the first hour of the Wendy's Big Show, looking back uh, at his career uh, as a play-by-play announcer and some of the horrible basketball he got to see. Plus, we look back at uh, the career of Giannis while Ted Davis was there as well. Uh, So lots to do, lots to hear uh, from Ted Davis about. Coming up next, Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admiral. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Steve Sparky, Fiber with you. AR Adam Roberts here as well. And of course, Toby Altizer will be coming in here at three o'clock and uh, we'll find out what's coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show. Don't forget Baldy's Breakdowns. Brian Balding or Jason Lockett Ford discuss the latest across the NFL, including Baldy's Game Breakdown of player personnel and the best guests in the industry. It's the insight behind every play from the industry's leading experts. Baldy's Breakdown has a special live podcast coming up Monday morning at 9 o'clock. That's 9 o'clock Monday morning if you want to check it out. Get ready for the season with Baldy's Breakdowns on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts at. Okay. Now, before we get to, to this Ted Davis interview from earlier, I want to just read this uh, that I just saw from last night, I guess it was. So this uh, lady, uh, Jennifer, uh, tweets out, I have a pair of J.J. Watt women's edition of Reebok shoe size, uh, $9, uh, $60. I've worn them twice. They're great shoes. I'm only selling because we are raising money from my grandpa's funeral. I'll also have... Uh, A Watt women's XL Texans jersey, $30. Anyone interested? Uh, This got 3,324 likes, 29 quote tweets, 173 tweets. So what ends up happening is all these people are like, oh, hey, yeah, we'll give you money. Uh, Yes, we want the shoes. Yes, we want the jersey, blah, 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 blah. This was at like 944 last night. 20 minutes after she posted, here comes J.J. Watt. Quote tweets, it says, don't sell your shoes and jersey will help with the funeral. I'm sorry for your loss. Praying hand sign or emoji or whatever the heck that thing is called. And that is, that's good stuff right there, man. I mean, yes, she tagged him in it. Did she tag him in it hoping that he would help her? I don't know. But she did tag him in it and he came through with, yeah, don't sell anything. We're going to help you uh, pay for this funeral. I mean, that's just, that's awesome. It's a very cool de- cool deal by J.J. Watt. You know, and, and so many times, right, guys that are are seemingly good dudes tend to, from time to time, let you down with bad choices later, uh, and then people get all bent out of shape and mad. But J.J. Watt, it seems like uh, as good of a dude as, as you're going to find, going back to uh, all the stuff that happened in Houston with the hurricanes and everything else and how he went out of his way to help that cause, a uh, little stuff like this from time to time. I mean, I've had the time a chance to talk to him two or three times back when he was at Wisconsin. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't have any fault with him whatsoever, and stuff like this just puts a smile on
2: your face. It's funny. My fiance's family is almost exclusively in the Houston area, so every time I go down there, her mom in particular, Debbie's mom is not, you know. Sportsually inclined, if I'm making up phrases, I think you did,
5: but that's okay. We'll go well with it. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right. Um, she does not follow any Houston sports other than maybe the University of Houston, Cougars alumni, makes sense. But every time I bring up JJ Watt, they all just go, Oh, he did this and he did that, and it was so great for his. Yep. Even after he's gone to Arizona, that area still is very, very glowing when it comes to JJ.
5: Yeah, and they should. I mean, he's he's done great things. And, uh, you know, the city of Milwaukee should be very, very proud of that whole Watt family and those parents should be very, very happy with how their kids all turned out. It, it uh, is truly a great story and uh, happy to see him giving back. And uh, a lot of athletes give back. It's not public all the time, but a lot of athletes um, do find a way, one way or the other, uh, to give back. So just wanted to pass that story along because so oftentimes – uh in radio and i talk about it all the time we get to a point where we talk about all the negative crap that happens right oh this guy got a dui oh this guy uh, assaulted somebody this guy's gonna get suspended for this or whatever and then when it actually gets to the point uh where somebody does something good that doesn't get talked about that doesn't even get brought up nobody even mentions it so wanted to bring that up there all right let's hear from ted davis now of course, Buck's play-by-play announcer for a number of years just retired after uh, last year, after they they won the championship. And uh, it was nice enough to grace us uh, coming on the Wendy's Big Show earlier today. Uh, and we really kind of started it off, me and him, because Gary and Leroy were off today, uh, having a conversation about losing, right? Uh, and some of the losing Uh, teams that he's seen over the course of his career as a play-by-play guy and whether or not he ever thought he maybe even get to this day as far as you know winning a championship with his Milwaukee Bucks team Uh, and this is what Ted Davis had to say
6: well uh, now that I'm done I can add it all up I never missed a game so that's awesome not it's not that hard not that hard to figure out I did uh, over 3,000 games including preseason and playoffs but uh, my My team's regular season records uh, were about 300 games under 500. How many? 300 under
5: 500. 300. Oh, my God. That's bad. That's a lot of bad basketball.
6: So here's the thing Sparky, I always remember you telling me one time, you know, the pain will be worth it. The year you know, that they point, ended up
5: with Jabari Parker, it was that year leading up to it. Yeah, the
6: 15 win
5: season. Yeah, and you were telling me,
6: you were telling me the pain will be worth it. Just get through the pain and and it'll be worth it. Yeah. Yep. I didn't realize there was going to be 33 years of pain, you see, but um, <laughs> last year, a year ago, yesterday, I realized that you know what? Damn it, the pain was worth it because that was pretty damn special
5: it's interesting we had jim paschke on yesterday and back in the day they used to only do 30 games on tv throughout the course of a year um and he said they the bucks won the first game that him and john mclaughlin got to do together and he didn't realize until after the season was over they didn't win another game that they did the rest of the year on tv they lost 29 straight on tv they didn't call another winning game the rest of the year how long, if you remember, was one of your longer losing streaks back in the day?
6: Oh, it was 92-93, Dallas Mavericks. They only won 11 games for the entire season. And with all due respect to the early uh, Sixers of the early 70s, uh, we were the worst team ever. Uh, we won 11 games. But I tell you, that what a collection of oh, just bad basketball from start to finish. We lost 20 games in a row. Oh. Then we won a game. Uh, and then we lost 16 more in a row. So we lost 36 out of 37 games. Oh, my God.
5: I couldn't imagine. I'd lose my mind. I mean, I mean just that's just horrible. Uh, okay, so then, you know, you go through all of that, and then you get Giannis, obviously, who eventually ends up, you know, winning a championship. When did you realize that Giannis was going to be different and had that potential to be the guy that he's turned into?
6: Probably his third year, maybe fourth. I can't remember when Jason Kidd, in that year where they weren't going anywhere after being a surprise team the year before and making the playoffs, pretty much tossed the keys to Giannis and said, you know, you run this thing. You just do what you're going to do. And that's where I think he started to blossom. I think Jason Kidd's meeting that he had with Giannis, uh, with Kobe Bryant uh, in Bryant's last game in Milwaukee, really set a, a spark to Giannis. I think he had that work ethic anyway. But when Kobe Bryant told him just off the Bucks locker room after that game that you have the talent to be as good as you want to be, you can be a superstar, do you want to work for it? And I think that work ethic was already there. But when a guy like Kobe confirms that he knows you can be good, I think that motivated him even more. And the thing I'm grateful for is that I saw the full evolution of Giannis from that 18 year old rookie that came in, uh, you know, just thin as a rail, to a grown ass man who is a full blown battering ram and became a superstar. And that all was on display in Game Six. I mean, that was the completion of the evolution. You know, and he put up 50 points. It, it's arguably, if not, the best closing game in the history of the NBA. And if you remember that game. The Bucs had a great first quarter. They were up like 10 or 12 points at the end of the first quarter. Had a terrible second quarter. All that momentum was gone, and Phoenix was ahead by, I think, five points at halftime. And it was like Giannis came out in the third quarter and said to the rest of the team, okay, fellas, we are not going to lose. Jump on my back, and here we go. He had uh, 18 points in the third quarter. I think he had 14, like, in the first five minutes. Yep. Just completely got the momentum back and then, you know, ended up with 50 and was hitting his free throws, 17 of 19, I think, on at the free throw line that night. And that's that's you know that's what a superstar does. And Jordan did it, and LeBron has done it. Well, Giannis has done it. And what we didn't know back in 2013, in June of 2013, because I remember I was doing some work for you guys, You're and right. I was at the Cousins Center. Right. And I called. I called in after the pick, and you and I were both. I don't have what the you know. I don't know. I don't have a clue about this. We guy. were just laughing
5: about how you were going to pronounce his name. That 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 was oh, the know. biggest
6: thing. Yeah, yeah. And then what we didn't know is that was the beginning of the championship. Now, like it did with Jordan, who took seven or eight years, and LeBron, who took seven or eight years. It took Giannis that amount of time to fully develop and win a championship but he did it and we didn't know it at the time, but that was the championship. And I'll give John Hammond a lot of credit. And also thank you to the Minnesota Timberwolves who at 14 were seriously considering Giannis, but just couldn't pull the trigger on such an unknown with a lottery pick. And they drafted Shabazz Muhammad. Thank you very much.
5: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Shabazz Muhammad. Okay. So let's, let's further this conversation now. So, I think one of the more surprising things that happened was that, that performance at the free-throw line for Giannis. Considering how jacked up that whole thing was with people chanting and counting him down at the free-throw line and how big of a distraction that had to have been, for him to lock in and shut the door at the free-throw line uh, in the awesome way that he did missing just two free-throws in that game, to me, that was probably one of the biggest surprises of the postseason.
6: Yeah, and it showed the mental toughness. You know, I mean, that free throw shooting for big guys can get in their head and it can stay in their head for a long time. And to fix it mid-series, uh, the way he did, um, but that that's special. I mean, that's a special kind of guy. And we're so lucky to have him in Milwaukee because have you noticed how many NBA superstars seem to be surly and angry a lot? You know, KD and Russell Westbrook and... Harden and they don't. Kyrie Irving's weird. I mean, they just don't seem happy. Giannis is anything but that. He is a happy-go-lucky guy who is is fun to be around. He's fun to interview. Uh, we're lucky to have him, and he seems to be happy here. Which, uh, for years, the Milwaukee was NBA Siberia. Let's be honest, guys didn't really want to come here. And Giannis has made this his home. And as long as he's here, and as long as he's in his prime and healthy, they've got a chance to win a championship every season.
5: Talk with Ted Davis for Terry Bucks play-by-play play announcer. Follow him on Twitter at NBA Ted. Uh let, Let's uh, talk a little bit about that, that playoff run. I think, you know, of memories. People remember the, the, the poke-away steal by, by Drew Holiday and the dunk by Giannis against Phoenix. And they'll remember Giannis's 50-point game in the free throw line, obviously. But, but really, the series of that postseason was that Nets series. That was the drag.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
5: Down, drag out, fight. Uh, that if you get through that, then it looked like they were going to go win a championship, which they did. But that was a very difficult series.
6: Yeah, and I didn't think they could get past Brooklyn uh, because I thought that was too much—Harden, Durant, and Irving. But uh, and you know this, Sparky. If you if you if you win a championship, you've got to be good. But you also have to get some luck along the way. Sure. Everything went the Bucks' way last year. It just did. You can look back on it. What 45 seconds into the first game, Harden tweaks his hamstring, and he's not, uh, you know, healthy for the rest of the series. And even with that, the Bucks lose the first two. And in game two, they're down by 50, and they come home down 0-2. Going, my gosh, what the heck is going on? Well, we know what happened. They they even the series at 2-2. In Game 4, Kyrie Irving rolls his ankle, and he's not the same for the rest of the series. We go to Game 7, where if Kevin Durant is wearing the same size of shoe on the floor as he does on the street, then maybe that's a three-pointer and the Bucks are done. But it was a two-pointer because his size 18 sneaker was on the on the line, and they go to overtime and win. And then the Sixers lose. Atlanta beats him. Now you've got home court for that next round, and Giannis doesn't totally shred his knee in Atlanta. I mean, just everything. And, and, and Trey Young steps on a referee's foot after yep. taking a shot. He's not the – I mean, just everything went the Bucks' way.
5: When Giannis got hurt, did you think he was done?
6: Oh, I, I was – I have never actually felt physically ill on the <laughs> air from an injury before. <laughs> but I just, I didn't know what to say. I, I remember on the air, I was going, oh, no, oh, no, right, no, no, no. Because it seemed impossible for a knee to bend that way and not have a serious injury. It just seemed impossible. And he was in great pain, and they, they help him off. And you're thinking, okay, that's ACL, that's MCL, that could be patella tendon. Uh, it, it'll be a year before he comes back. He may never be the same. And thank goodness, apparently Giannis is made of some sort of elastic material because my goodness, he only misses two games, and then he's back for Game One of the Phoenix series. Remarkable.
5: Yeah, it, it was uh, crazy how that whole thing played out. Uh, the other thing, I guess, I'm kind of curious about uh, from your perspective in that whole deal. They win. You're on the air. You're doing, you know, the final call. Uh, then you're doing, you know, the post game wrap up. Everything is happening around you. Mm-hmm on the floor, everybody celebrating. What was that like, realizing and kind of taking it all in that this was actually happening?
6: Well, I think the moment everybody realized that, that they were going to win was when Middleton hit that jumper right wing with about 50 seconds to go right. to put him up six. And it was a collective, holy crap, we have done it. And everybody in the arena knew it was surreal. I thought I would go in my entire NBA career without a championship. I thought I'd be like John Stockton, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley. Very good career, but no rings. And at that moment, you realize, oh my goodness, this is it. And you know, I knew I had to say something. I I didn't allow myself to really think about it until the morning of game six, because I, I thought they had a great chance to win. I mean, they're at home and got the momentum. And so I had to figure out something. Eddie Doucette had the first call 50 years ago and people still play it. So I knew that uh, whatever I said that night was going to stand up for a long time. And I also knew that when you're live on the air, you only have one chance to say it. So don't F it up. And so, uh, you know, I came up with what I said. Uh, It's been a 50 year journey. Wisconsin, we've got a room at the top of the world tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. I, I, I'm proud of that one. I'll stick yeah, with it.
5: That's a good one, no doubt. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams that Brandon Jennings would be a part of this all this craziness that happened that year? That, that to me still cracks me up, that somehow or another Brandon Jennings was like one of the rock stars of this whole deal.
6: Yeah, he was like a mascot or something, and, and the way it began was really kind of a joke. I mean, it was the year the Bucs were the eighth seed, barely got in. They had that dysfunctional team of J.J. Redick and Monte Ellis and Brandon Jennings, who all had one foot out the door because they knew they were probably going somewhere else. And you've got LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh in the first round, and Jennings declares that the Bucks are going to win in six. I mean, it was a joke. And that became like the mantra: "Bucks in six, Bucks in six. And sure enough, they they did. They won in six. They did win in
5: six, and it was a uh, a deal where everybody will remember it. And it kind of I'm not gonna say relaunched Jennings one way or the other, uh, but now he's got his own clothing line out there again that that he's putting out there, and uh, he's all about Milwaukee now. I mean, he's he's tweeting all the time uh, about Milwaukee as Brandon Jennings, which is great. You know when he was here, uh, especially that his first year here as a rookie, man, people were loving Brandon Jennings, including myself. I know. Before you start yelling at me, you were one of them. I was. I know. Well were Um, but yeah, it was it was just a very cool deal. And I, when we were talking to Toby Altizer about this uh, yesterday, you know, it, it was a a cool deal. A year after it happens, it's gonna be a cool deal. Five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty, however long it goes on. And it's going to be more of a deal than even say, uh, you know, the Brewers' 82 loss that that's it still gets celebrated, and they're having you know the whole comeback and the ceremony and all that stuff for that 82 team. Uh, but the Packers, you know, Leroy always has his anniversary uh, parties and so forth. When they won it, Rogers and the Packers will have the same type of deal once they're done playing. Right, the big 20 year reunion and Rogers and Woodson and. All of these guys will come back and be a part of it. And I would assume, maybe wrongly, but I, I would assume that as long as this Bucks ownership group is in place uh, and they are there with maybe, say, Peter Fagan or whoever may be in charge at that time, that when you start getting a 10- and 15-year reunions, providing Giannis and these guys are done playing, then you're going to have a lot of tie-ins during the Buck season to These guys bringing them back maybe one at a time from the championship season on different game nights throughout and signing appearances and everything else. I don't know if they realize it yet, but they're going to realize it. They're going to make money the rest of their lives just signing autographs in Wisconsin. Like, if they haven't realized it, they're going to realize it here at some point. I mean, Chris Middleton will be able to do signings until probably the day he dies. Giannis will be able to do signings again until the day he dies. Now, again, these guys are making so many millions of dollars. They don't ever have to do an autograph signing session ever the rest of their life if they don't want to, right? They have more than enough money uh, to live with based on how much they've made. Different than, say, guys that were in the 60s that didn't make that much money and relied on that autograph money to live and survive and do that type of deal. These guys, that's, you know, I haven't thought about it to just now. It just popped in my head, A.R., I wonder how autograph signings are going to be in, say, 10 years. Will they still be a thing? Will guys still be signing if they don't need to be? Uh. If you think about it, a lot of guys that are signing, doing it for the cash, doing it for the money. They, they don't need to be doing it, but they're doing it anyhow. Hey, these guys aren't doing signings just because they want to give back to the fans. That's, that's what's, no. I mean, some might be, but most probably aren't, right? Uh, the, the situation here, when you start talking about the LeBrons and the Kobe's. Um, and the uh, the Michael Jordans and the Shacks, these guys that had a ton of money, right? There was no reason to do that. I mean, after Kobe retired, Kobe was out doing autograph signings all over the place. That wasn't happening. That would right? be insane. Right. That, that's not going to happen. I can't imagine LeBron's going to be off doing autograph signings anytime soon. I can't imagine any of those guys will. So from that perspective, maybe you won't see those guys around here outside of coming in for a game or uh, something else. But even think of it from this perspective. So, like, Gary and Leroy were doing this event today, right? And they were, like, guest speakers or whatever the case may be at the event. Are those guys going to come back to be guest speakers when they have as much money as they have? I mean, realistically, think about this. How much will these superstar athletes that we're talking about today, making the money they're making, how much will they actually be involved in
2: these type of things later? I guess it just kind of depends on the athlete. Like A.J. Dillon, he has kind of set himself up to be a Wisconsin quote unquote resident even long after he leaves. Sure, but A.J. Dillon is
5: going to be here because he met his wife here, whatever the case may be. So they may be here the rest of their life. They may pick up and move after his career. They may move during his career when he has to go live somewhere else and play somewhere else. But when AJ Dillon, if I shouldn't say when, if A.J. Dillon gets that big deal. Uh, financially, where he's set now and his kids are set and their kids are set and so forth, then that that's that's going to be, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. But Giannis, I, I would imagine Giannis ends up living in Greece when this is all said and done, right? I mean, is that what we're going to think? He moves back to Greece and probably ends up living there after he's done playing? Didn't he say he wanted to raise a
2: family in this area?
5: He did, and that's what he's doing right now.
2: Exactly. But
5: when he's done, I'm saying when he's retired, Adam, and he's all done in 10 years or whatever. I just wonder, will he stay? I mean, Ray Allen lived here his whole time in Milwaukee. When he played for the Bucs, he lived here year-round. He never moved. Um, but then when that time was done in Milwaukee, he was out. And he don't live around here anymore. No no chance. So that's that's why I'm saying I, I don't – I'll be very interested. I think the autograph market, we should get somebody on from Waukesha Sports Cards or wherever uh, to talk about if that is something that they have thought about yet. As far as though, because right now you're still relying on a lot of these guys that aren't making maybe the the, the most of money that are wanting to cash in and and get their money. Right. So that's, that's part of it. I just wonder if there's the fear factor of maybe the, all these guys just don't do autographs anymore because they don't need the money. They don't need to do it. So they're not going to do it. And then what happens to that industry moving forward? Oh, no. something I, I never really thought about until we started talking about it on the radio i right, take a quick time I'll come back after this it is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM The Fan alright so we're going to get to Toby Altizer here momentarily can I ask you a question you're a gaming guy right hell yeah brother uh, Roberts
2: what is rogue energy radio pause I have absolutely no idea Rogue Energy, the
5: world's best tasting gaming drinks. Debatable. Energy, focus, endurance, motivation, zero sugar, healthy gaming nutrition. Rogue Energy.
2: Never heard of it, huh? Oh, I'm looking at this now. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. This is interesting. Uh, well, Kurt Bankert apparently just signed a deal
5: uh, with Rogue Energy. We're thrilled to welcome Kurt Bankard to Rogue Nation. I'm like, what the heck is Rogue Energy? So it worked. Got me, right? Because I didn't never heard of the thing. So I clicked on it. It said gaming, gaming drink. What the hell is a gaming drink? What the hell is the difference between okay. a gaming drink and a regular energy drink that I
2: buy at the gas station? I am so glad you asked Steve so, Sparky Please, 45ers. Please tell me. I'm, I'm anxious to know. The answer, my dear friend, is nothing <laughs> Thank there is you. no <laughs> difference i swear to god i read it i was like what is th- what yeah. okay so the big player in the gamer drink market is no one's a sponsor says, so i don't care g fuel okay is the big one uh, that you'll see a lot of like partnered streamers promoting now g fuel went through a big controversy recently so a lot of people have pulled out maybe Rogue's starting to get into that market a little bit i have no idea i'm gonna tell you this right now I've been gaming since I was a kid and I played on my old Super Nintendo. I'm telling you right now, it makes no, you could put a blindfold on me, feed me a cup of this rogue energy, energy or whatever, yeah. then feed me a placebo. Will not change the way I play the game. If you feed me a high sugar drink, I may be twitching a lot more, but it's not going to make me a better gamer. But props to Kurt, get in that bag after you got let um, go. I'm curious about something else. I'm going to turn Tommy's mic off. Uh, I'm curious about something else. Hmm. What's the longest you've ever played a video game? The longest I've ever played? Like, just one game nah, or, like, yeah. a session?
5: Yeah, it's a session, right? So you're playing one video game. One okay. video game. And I obviously getting up to
2: go to the bathroom or whatever. But mm-hmm. you go to the bathroom, you come back, you sit back down, and you continue to play. So sure. how long? The I think the longest I've ever gone was when I was in college. Um... It was just after, uh, it was finals week, and I had finished all of my finals early at UWL, but they still carry them out the whole week, but my schedule lined up, so my finals were done on a Tuesday, then finals week goes to the end of the week, and then you leave. After I finished my finals, I think it was my senior year before graduation, I played um, Call of Duty, Team Fortress 2, and a couple of other PC games with my friends for a about two straight days. Wait, 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 wait! Hold on, hold
5: on, hold on. What do you mean two straight days? You you mean you yeah. didn't sleep? Forty-eight
2: hours. You didn't sleep. Forty-eight hours or close to it. Holy Which, smokes! Never sleeping. How in the world? Oh, 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 oh. I was 22 and Ooh, didn't have anything else going on holy for smoke. <laughs> Aren't are you glad are I, you glad I asked a, that question? I also didn't have a significant other at the time. Oh right, that God. played I, into it, too. I've,
0: like, I've played for a significant amount of time, but that'd be like six hours. Now, I will say that <laughs> at the end of that 48 change.
2: hours, I was... Huh? Yeah, right. You're all out of uh, it. Your high, eyes
0: had well, to hold be on, toast, Hold uh. on. If you were playing... Well, I'm assuming you were playing online. You better have at least won during that 48-hour time period. Well, Sure. I mean, we used to play a lot of Call of Duty Ghosts, which is arguably the worst Call of Duty game ever. But we were online, multiplayer. Yeah. No. I won. All right. Now, Sparky, I will say, if we're talking about gaming here. Yeah. When I was in college, I broke my wrist my freshman year and... Ended a career too early. No, 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 no. So I was excited because it was going to be a good gaming room in my dorm that year. So we were going to play a lot of 2K and different things. I didn't get a chance because my thumb was spiked in the cast right well i figured out that i could play with my index finger on the side on the right thumbstick on my playstation any way to play yeah i still got plenty of play in by playing <laughs> like this with my thumb up and a cast oh my God. And yeah oh yeah still figured it out oh yeah and then for a video game and you didn't need any rogue gaming to do it i did not No, that rogue energy didn't was not i, needed. I don't know what in the heck a 40, gaming drink is 48 hours Woo <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to that tell you guys. serious cool. stuff right there, man. Yeah,
2: that I'm not like serious. I used to be anymore. Uh,
5: no, you are definitely, no, 48 hours. Woo! Never uh, again. He is uh, AR, Adam Roberts, Steve Sparky Fiverr with you. He is Toby ties. We'll find out what's coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show next. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. I'm Toby Altizer here for the Fan Afternoon Show, three to six. The uh, draft mockery yesterday—that was sent so much you by fun. Night's popcorn, so much fun, was amazing and really got traction on social media as it was happening. Um, and then last night, I was tagged in stuff and people were going back and forth and <laughs> so forth. And I, you know, I I just tweeted back and I was like, "So is this like us in our prime, or is this like now?" Ha oh, ha ha ha, it, yeah. ha! Talking about Gary and Leroy, um, and. You know, that Gary, of course, hopped out at that point, And Gary's like, there is no way Sparky should have been taken in front of me. <laughs> Not at all. And I was like, I did the whole ha-ha-ha thing again. I was like, nobody's even, you know, ever seen me play basketball at the station. None of us have ever seen any of us ever play. We've heard the stories of Leroy being a shooter back in the day. Fine. Gary said he was good at basketball, too, back in the day. Okay, fine. That was like 40 years ago. So, I mean... Unless everybody around here is playing in leagues at like the Y or something, I don't think anybody's probably going to be all that great necessarily. If and when this thing ever happens, speak for yourself. Well, I know you—you you talk a big <laughs> game. You've—you've been talking crap about
0: this since since this whole thing came. I played but. decent. I played. So you played play recently? Lot?
5: Like when Dan Plucker was here, he played once a week. Yeah, so I, if I he was still in here a little while, if he was still here, I'd be like, all right. So Plucker I played in a little while, but
0: I played once a week about. Um, usually play every sunday night. Okay, so you play. Right. Yeah. I haven't played basketball probably in 15 years at least, maybe
5: more than that. So, there's no way I'll be any good. But like these other two knuckleheads, Gary and Leroy. Leroy didn't say anything out of this. Gary on the other hand, Oh yeah. He, I saw that. He was he was feeling he good took he that person. He was feeling good about himself. So, okay, that's fine. Like I uh, I'm, well, I'm glad he
0: went after Evan for taking you with the second pick. And well, then he didn't take, he didn't come after me. I took McGivern
5: okay, with my so first I. pick. So I walk in this morning and McGivern sees me. He's like, did you see that whole thing about the basketball thing or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I, I saw it on Twitter. He's like, oh, I was listening to it live. He goes, and I started laughing when they took you second. <laughs> I was like, oh. He goes, but then they took me third. And he goes, and then I was, oh my God, why are you taking me third for? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Everybody at the staff, I think, had a kick out of it. And then of course, you meanies in the afternoon, X out Tim Shea. So that's great. So then I had to come in. So then I had to come in this morning to hear from Tim Shea that he's the only guy that didn't get picked. <laughs> I mean, seriously.
4: Y'all
0: are just killing me. Have with you this. seen what Sam's been putting on the computers back there? No. I'm not ever <laughs> backing you gotta You gotta check out the 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 screensaver that he put up from back there.
2: It's been a rotating sequence of some very interesting stuff these
0: last few days. <laughs> this one is like the it's M is for Mountie and it's like <laughs> like a Canadian like kids children's Drive. book. It's just got a Mountie on the
5: See, again, you know what's going to happen. Sam's going to walk in one day, and Tim Shay is going to be hiding behind a corner waiting for him. It's it's going to happen. Bring Eventually, he's going to cause Tim Shay to snap. And I don't understand what Tim Shay did to deserve all of this. Did he poke at Sam and like no, make fun of Sam? I,
0: I'd still say that Bart started this. That everyone just made fun of Tim yeah. Shay, and I think Sam has some pent up everybody aggression. just piled on. Yeah.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, you got to think about it, though. I mean, Sam is a combination of, like, Tim Allen, uh, me, uh, Gary, Leroy, Rami, uh, Bart, <laughs> like, all those personalities he's had to work with over the years. So he probably was a very nice, innocent young man. When he got to the radio station, and now look! At, I,
0: look I don't at, know about that. Look
7: at what's happened to Sam Schmitz. He was such a nice, quiet guy back in the day, and now look at yeah, him. it's called me trying to get the job. <laughs> <laughs> so you decided I going after Tim Shea would get you the no, job? No, 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 no. I love Tim Shea. At the end of the day, look at the. You may want to else, tell Tim Shea that it started this week when somebody tweeted us about doing a pickup basketball game. And that brings out just trash talk. It doesn't matter who yeah, it is. Yeah. So it was literally Toby and I versus Bart and Tim Shay. I'm Hi. not going to be like, oh, they're so they're so nice people. We're definitely <laughs> we're, no. We're doing trash talk, That's talking right, about exactly a pickup right. basketball game. I'm not holding back. So and that then, definitely didn't help this week. No, but, it did um, not help this week. And right. then you were we, g- we have to remember too, Tim Shea is just giving us ammo too, because he's the one who's singing his own scrub a dub. He did? Voluntarily. <laughs> Nobody told him to do and that. And then yes, Bart Bart isn't helping because at the end of the day, he's the one who dug up uh, Tim Shea's phone call from I when the I best- promised myself tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: wouldn't give you emotional <laughs> yeah I mean
7: Bart <laughs> yes. dug, Bart dug that up, he did, um, but at the end of the day, like no Tim and i we've gone we've, we've literally gone to brewery games together we've got we've drank with Kevin Holden, yeah we've hung yeah. out and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, he's the new guy in the station, yes, and look, and I'll just say this, so
5: when we brought him in. I knew he would be a good fit. I didn't yeah. think he would be this
0: good of a fit where like everybody was just like, all
4: right, let's get no, the new guy.
0: We do
5: it because we love him. If that's somebody else and that same thing, it probably would not have worked Yeah, Yeah, Adam, are, you, are you
0: disappointed you didn't get the same reaction when you first came <laughs> over here? <laughs> well, not
7: necessarily. <laughs> Thank but, you, Tim. Yes. Tim I will, Shea. I will say this, like, I'm doing it because I want to eventually see what Tim does. Like he can always fight back. He's not going. To. But he just chooses not to. That's not his deal. He ain't gonna do that. So, no chance. He's too nice of a guy. Yeah, he he's too nice. nice. He I have, will not do it. I love Tim Shea. Yeah. But yeah, the day, he Shea. just gets his, you know, I know he worked here beforehand, but this yeah. is just his rookie hazing and all that. Yeah. He, I, have no, I have no animosity towards him. When he worked
5: here, you were in like kindergarten. I mean, yeah. it was a long time ago. So literally, I mean, he worked here like two thousand and six, maybe. Right. Somewhere in that area, 2005, 2006, when we started the station 2005, he was like one of the first guys that was here those first couple of years. And then he ended up going to the Brewers and getting that Brewers gig, and then, you know, he was gone forever.
7: What Tim won't tell you is that him and I off the air, we will just chat it up. You know, we love talking to each other. So, yeah, he's a great guy. Right. Great guy. A great guy. Great guy. But, fantastic. My main point is at the end of the day, he is giving us stuff to use totally. against him. So yeah, that's, 100%. That's, that, that's totally. his fault. Yeah, totally It's so right.
2: crazy because I made my Scrub a Dub song and that got a little play well, for about a few days after, but his song is so good. It just swallowed so that bad back back it's up. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so bad, bad it's good. It's good.
7: Yours right. is yours is just professional. That's that's just great music. Right. Tim's is like it. Like Toby said, it's so bad that it's so good. And that it's you so laugh. Entertaining. Yeah. You laugh every time you hear it. And yeah. he knew what He was getting himself into. No. Question. He didn't have to tell us that he was Canadian. Yes. But he did. <laughs> Get That whole thing. I didn't know that. I never knew that until that day when he would said it on the radio. I w- before I even heard the Bart Winkler show today, I wasn't even gonna talk about Tim today. I, that was just a you know yesterday because. Bart dug up that clip. I figured we'd have a little bit of fun right. with it. So but. what's going to happen on Monday? Because on Monday, the, we're all not here.
5: Me oh, Gary, yeah. Leroy, me and Gary aren't here, and Leroy's not here. So Kevin Holden is in here with Tim Shea.
7: I thought I was in next week. You are, but yeah. they're
5: before you
7: oh, going yeah. up to 2 oh, o'clock. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.